residents of western Kansas have just a decade or two of water left. One city's drinking water was contaminated with uranium, and for years the state hasn't been paying its bills to the federal government to store drinking water in dams in eastern Kansas. Last year, uh, Kansas House Committee started studying the state of water in Kansas. This year, they proposed a huge reform package to restructure and streamline agencies, create an independent water engineer, and add oversight to groundwater management districts. But the bill died before ever receiving a House vote. We spoke to the representative who spearheaded the effort to do something about the near-crisis state of Kansas water. Welcome to the Reflector podcast. I'm Allison Kite. I'm joined today by Representative Ron Highland. Um, the outgoing chairman of the House Water Committee of the Kansas Legislature, Representative Highland, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the work that your committee has been doing over the last couple of years, as we know that um, we've got a, a near crisis in western Kansas with water quantity. So can you, can you tell me a little bit about when you first joined the committee, what you were charged with and what you got to work on? Uh, the speaker called me in November before and he said uh, I'm creating this new committee and you're the chair and fix the water situation that's all the direction I had so the first year what we I discovered when I started studying to getting ready for the committee meetings I found that there were 16 different state agencies that have anything to do with water and I also learned we have nine federal agencies so we spent the first entire year that first session going through each of those entities we brought each one of them in we asked them what they do how they do it who they report to and what kind of money do they have and so with all of that information then the rest of the year was spent with the agencies determining what changes could be made what changes should be made to make the system work better and so that's where we ended up early in the second session coming down with that proposal for changes in uh, funding. Funding, we found, was one of the biggest problems. Sure. And what did you find um, as far as the state of water in Kansas in that first session, both the quality, the quantity, and particularly the situation with the aquifer in western Kansas? Well, it was like everyone else. We were unaware of how serious the situation was, but we rapidly became aware and it's not just the western part of the state, it's both ends of the state. The western part, obviously, they depend on the aquifer for their water. And uh, it was being depleted rapidly. And we found that to be uh, alarming. And uh, then we looked at this end of the state. The dams are silting in. We have lost water capacity, storage capacity, and which is what all the cities from Junction City on depend on that water for consumption and industry. So it, we found that there is a problem, and so we looked at ways to try to correct that problem. And what was some of the most striking information you learned about just how dire, if you will, the, the issue is in, in each part of the state? Well, the western part was alarming. Uh, we found there is a county with less than 10 years of water left. The other counties have more than that, anywhere from 20 to 40 years. And one tiny area may be up to 60 years left. But at, that's at the current rate of consumption. And so we decided, I decided, let's take the entire committee to western Kansas. So we had a committee meeting in Garden City, and that's in the area where 
the water is being depleted fairly rapidly. And that's also the area where we have the Arkansas River coming across and dumping the water into our area. And unfortunately, we found that it's polluted quite a bit. Uranium being one of them, selenium, and all the other things that come along with that. So uh, we decided to do that. We had a great meeting out there, talked to the locals, and we found the attitudes are at opposite ends. Uh, several of the farmers that irrigate said, I'm going to pump it dry and then move away. But the rest, you know, the other side of the coin is those that want to keep something for their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. So those are the attitudes we're dealing with. And uh, so we have to work within that system and talk to the people that are actually uh, overseeing the water use in that area. On this end of the state, it was alarming when we found out how much storage capacity we've lost in the dams. It's silting in. So one of the things we talked about a great deal, in fact, we have been able to fund it this year, is a pilot study. A pilot study to remove the silt. And we're starting with Tuttle Creek Dam. So we have funded our share of it, the federal government, the uh, Corps of Engineers. They've promised theirs will be there too. So maybe next year we will have that pilot in progress and we can study that see if it's a feasible solution to the problem it's used in europe it's used in ports around the world and it does work so we'll see we have our fingers crossed on that one certainly um and remind me what what county that is that has about 10 years left wichita county is the one with with the lowest water supply for the future and did you visit with folks in that county about we have, and they are taking drastic measures to conserve. Uh, so uh, they're working on it internally, but uh, they may need some help from the state. So we're looking at ways we can help and to, to help them along get that move more quickly. Right. And obviously you've spent a lot of time on water issues, studied this extensively, but you're from this part of, part of the state along the Kansas River. Um, were you surprised at, at the, the different attitudes um, in western Kansas around water? Not really. I grew up in that part of the world. Right. So I grew up out, out by the Colorado border, but in northwest Kansas. But no, I was not surprised by the attitudes. And there are, uh, you know, uh, everybody has some greed in them. And their greed is they want to make as much money as they can, as quickly as they can. And I understand that. But we may have to spread that out over some time, but we will have to incentivize that. If, if we could just change the uh, sprinkler systems, for example, they have shown there's, there's test plots out there, test farms, and they're saving anywhere from 20 to 40% of the water use. And that's tremendous. If we could get that kind of savings and everybody using that equipment, we could make a big difference in short order. But we will have to find a way with federal and state funds to incentivize, help them buy that new equipment and so forth. Right. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, as you got started this year, what was the challenge that, that you took on? Well, the challenge was after all the information was gathered, the big challenge was to put that all into a system that would work in the future. And one of the things that we realized was the organization was such that they were tangling each other up in some cases. And so we needed to separate out and set guidelines to what their actual duties are. 
And so the organization was to split those out. And we found that uh, the decision maker on water is the chief engineer in the state. And that person is under a uh, political appointee position. And so the current Secretary of Agriculture is very good. He has not interfered, but there's always the fear that in the future and in the past, it has happened, they interfere with those decisions and say it's not political expedience to do that at this time. Well, we have to get away from that. Water is too critical. When the decisions are made, we need to back those decisions and get them done. Um, and you know, funding is another element of, of the, the puzzle. Can you talk about uh, what level of funding we've had over the past couple decades for water projects in Kansas? Well, it's never been funded adequately since, I think, about 2008. So uh, that was priority number one, get it funded adequately. Well, it's still inadequate, but adequate as what was proposed in the early 2000s. Uh, woefully underfunded. And we found that because of that, we miss a lot of federal funds. A lot of federal funds are required to have matching. Well, we couldn't do the matching, so we weren't allowed to use the federal funds. So that became a critical issue. And so we've been working on that. Uh, we hope, and then we didn't intend this, but we had the municipalities were saying, well, we're not gonna pay any more for our water until the people in Western Kansas pay more for theirs. But what we found out was with the groundwater management districts, they were giving taxing authority. And that some of the information I provided you today shows that they pay five cents an acre plus up to $2 per acre foot for water. So they're paying quite a bit of money for the water out there. But getting both sides to understand all that's really difficult. But it can be done and, and it will be done. So the funding part, also we found that the federal government charges us to store water in these dams. And we haven't been paying those bills for years. So we owe a lot of money, uh, about $140 million on the three dams that we're talking about. And some more other dams we also owe money. But so we did. Uh, talked to uh, the money people and the governor and everybody else, and we got it put in this year's budget that we're putting in $80 million to buy down some of that debt. Well, that'll save us money in the future, and possibly some of that money then could come back in. But the big fight then is to convince both the governor's office and then the appropriations committees, both the House and the Senate, that that money is needed. So that'll be a big job coming up and getting all the data together showing that this is needed or we're not going to solve the problem. And can you just remind the listeners what those three dams are and, and the function that they serve? Well, we have Tuttle Creek, and, uh, and then we also have Perry, and then one further west. Is that Milford Dam? That's Milford Dam, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> but those three dams uh, provide the bulk of the water, and those are the ones where we have contracts with the municipalities to uh, sell them water. We guarantee them we're going to have that much water for them. Like the uh, water office in Kansas City, they rely heavily on the Kansas River to supply water for all of Johnson County. They also have an agreement, they take water out of the Missouri River too and pump it 12 miles into Johnson County. 
Uh, it's fascinating to learn all these things. It's a big learning curve. Okay, terrific. And so um, obviously some of that funding uh, was proposed this year in the governor's budget. Um, what kind of projects are going to be able to get done with at least this still inadequate but larger amount of money than we've been getting for water in the past? Well, we got some special funding for uh, we have many, many dams across the state, private-owned and small municipal dams, those kind of things. And we found that with all these dams, they, have, they may have been classed as a small dam, very little danger. Well, what's happened with the growth, especially on this end of the state, people are building below those dams. And so they've become a higher rated dam at that point. And they did not have the money or the inspectors to keep up with those. So we got some special funding to work on that aspect. Because if one of those breaks, it'll be a tragedy uh, below the dam. So we, we took that seriously and we got, I think, $150,000 allocated for that and uh, the water office and the division of water resources needed that money other areas that uh, we didn't get the funding for but we will work hard for in the next years will be conservation projects and that's critical to the future uh, we can come up with all kinds of plans but if we don't have the conservation folks out there who know all the people and can talk to them directly you know, if you show up and say, I'm from the state and I'm here to help you, you're not going to get much cooperation. So we need that local groups working, and that's the conservation areas. So you came into the session um, and proposed this lengthy bill um, to restructure the way that the state deals with water. Can you talk about what was in that bill when you first proposed it? Well, as I, as I said earlier, Part of it is to uh, give the chief engineer the freedom. So I moved him out and, and set that job by itself. And then the conservation area, that group, we need to have them independent so they can do their work. And then the health and environment, who has a big deal with water quality, uh, we needed them to be free to do their job as well. And the water office, they're fairly independent now. But one of the things we noticed when it came to funding and getting things done was that none of these folks had a seat at the table with the executive branch. And that's where the budgets originally come from. And so we, did, we developed a Secretary of Water's position, Secretary of Water and Natural Resources. We still haven't decided on the complete name. But uh, that secretary then, we wanted to shield these groups from outside interference. So that secretary, we designed it so that position would be responsible primarily for budgetary support and then to protect the groups and also then to become the, the repository for all water information. Right now, trying to find any information is difficult. And when somebody has a question, they don't know which office to go to. So we wanted to have a centralized location for both information and then for budgetary help and to represent all of the water uh, groups, both in the public's eye and in the budgetary process. And there was also an element of the bill dealing with groundwater management districts. Can you describe what that would have done as you proposed it initially? Well, the groundwater districts were developed under a bill in 1970s, I think 76. 
and they created these groundwater districts. There's five in our state. And these districts were given taxing authority along with responsibilities for developing plans to conserve the water. Even in the 70s, they realized we had over-appropriated water, we're using too much. Uh, unfortunately, that's where it stopped. The oversight was not there. And the folks, you had to be a water user and own 40 acres to be on the board, and that's where all the decisions were made for the use of water. Well, they're not gonna vote against themselves. So it's created this illusion that something's being done. So the bill, we tried to change that situation and we just could not do it because it's in the law. We needed to, we need to work on that a little more to figure out. And that's the reason I requested the audit. So the auditors will go out and we'll find out how much conservation they're doing, how much money they have, what the money's going for, how much of it went to conservation projects and those kind of things. So once I'll get all that information together, then we can go back and look at the law where the changes need to be made. And one of the glaring things was that the cities within those groundwater management districts have no say. And so if all the water's used up, the municipalities go away. The cities and towns, they're gone. So it's, it's a serious situation, going to take a lot of thought and a lot of education. And we've tried to educate the public this year as much as possible. And thanks to you and the information you've been putting out, it's helped a great deal. But we've written articles for papers and doing all that, and it's working. And I was gone this week to a meeting in Colorado. We visited with the Colorado contingent for the Arkansas River. They call it the Arkansas River. We call it the Arkansas. So we all agreed we'll just call it the Ark. But anyway, uh, very similar problems, but totally different. I mean, the same pollutions are there, but they irrigate from the river. They have canals that go out and people, their water rights, they ship them the amount of water, they're guaranteed. But within their system, they have to re return that water to the river by their laws. And so it, it was fascinating to hear all this, but the geology in their area, the shale layers are where all of these contaminants are coming from. So they're identifying those and they're working on them diligently. Uh, little things where the shale layers are close to the surface, they're trying to line those waterways so that that water doesn't seep down and wash more into the river. Uh, a lot of different things they're trying. But they have the same problems we do, getting cooperation from the farmers and everybody else in those areas. So we, we visited them, we listened to all their, what they're doing, and then we came back into Kansas. We took them to see the uranium removal process in Lakin, Kansas, and then we had another day of exchange of ideas. It was, it was great. The two states have not talked together in a cordial manner for years. And this was the first meeting put together where it was very open and everybody. And so we realized as our state, we have to help Colorado to help ourselves because all that's coming our way. The water in Colorado on the Ark River is used five to six times, reused. We are the last user and it's not used anymore after it hits us. 
So it was, it was really eye-opening, very worthwhile. We stopped and visited with farmers, and the younger farmers are doing some very fascinating types of uh, practices to save water, and uh, the younger generation gets it, and they're doing everything they can. And then on our side, we found that the salts, the chloride salts, not only is it a problem, but it corrodes all the irrigation equipment. And so they've gone to having to use stainless steel or lining them with uh, PVC pipe, all kinds of things they're trying to do to save their equipment. But uh, when they're planting, they have found that there are plants like barley and some others, rye, that take up salt. So they plant that along with their uh, alfalfa, for example. And they'll go in and they'll harvest the alfalfa before the, the uh, um, they'll harvest those plants that contain all the salt, and then they'll chop it and they'll feed it to the cattle, taking salt out of the system. The way it is now, it just cycles. Goes down, goes the river, comes back. So, and you could look in the soil. They, we took up a clod, and you could see the salts in it, the salt layers. It's quite a problem. A lot of problems, and the scientists are working frantically trying to figure it out. So that's where we are on a lot of problems down there. But if we help Colorado and we work together with them instead of fighting them, I think we'll come to some solution at some time. We'll have to get the federal involved. Because a compact is a federal contract, and so we'll have to have the federal congressional group, both Colorado and Kansas, to get together and and maybe some funding, whatever. But those are things we're working on right now. Right. And so uh, you brought this big bill to the Water Committee this year. Um, you got a lot of opposition when you had the, the public hearing on it. Can you talk about where you ran into problems? Well, the... Uh, like we talked before, it's an attitude thing, and it's about uh, commerce, it's about money, and everybody viewed it as a hit. They were going to lose, fun, uh, they're going to lose money, essentially. And so the organizations that represent many of the farm groups, uh, Farm Bureau and the KLA, for example, Kansas Livestock Association, they opposed it vehemently. And so they convinced several of the members of the committee that this was really a bad deal. Well, and so they killed the bill. Now, people ask me, aren't you depressed because of that? I said, no, that's the way the system works. Any really good legislation takes anywhere from three to four years to get done. And that's just the life over in the legislature. So no, I wasn't offended by that at all. I've been through this before. I got a highway rebuilt. That took three and a half years. Got industrial mar uh, hemp approved, and that took four years. So it takes time. It takes time. But now we know where all the opposition is. We can deal with that. And some of it's public awareness, and people are aware, and, and uh, they are getting feedback from folks around the state that, you know, lighten up. These are things we need to do to save our state. So that's that's being done now. And we've been negotiating with those groups. And they've changed their attitudes on some areas. Some areas not. But uh, when we'll have an interim committee, it'll be a joint with both the Senate and the House this summer. 
hopefully in August. We will look at all of these things and develop another bill. It'll be very similar, but develop it with all the people that uh, are interested and we'll pre-file that bill. Now the GMD part may not be done at that point, so they will be totally left out of the bill. But we have to talk about funding methods and so forth. But the interim committee with the Senate partners on the committee, we will look at the old bill, see what changes need to be made, and uh, if none, whatever, but we will get it ready to go, pre-file, it'll be ready to go in January instead of later in the session. And then whoever's governor at that point, they'll be on board as well, and so we'll have the so-called bully pulpit to get involved as well. And this was your last legislative session. You're not running for re-election unless your plans have changed. They have not. Um, you know, what are you hoping to leave at the end of the interim committee um, as your, I guess, legacy and at least getting this ball rolling? Well, I don't worry about legacy so much, but uh, saving the state when it comes to water, that is important to me. So at the end of the interim committee, I hopefully will have a bill that is passable, that both outside and inside groups will say, this is something we can all live with. And then we have the governor's office also involved, and they say, this is what we need to do. So that's number one. Number two, then, uh, the information gathered is there. Everything's there now, and it's never been done before to gather all the information we did. So that's there. Hopefully somebody currently on the Water Committee will be appointed as the new chair, and they will just move it on forward. Uh, I'm proud to say that I was able to get all of that in place, and they won't have to go reinvent the wheel. Everything is there. Some of it may need to be updated, and that's an easy process after the hard process was done. So it's all there, and if the reorganization happens, then uh, things I would feel will be running a lot more smoothly and a lot less controversy, and groups won't be fighting among themselves, and they'll all be doing the job that they were intended to do in the original process. Right. And what would you um, impress, parting question, what would you impress upon people who might not be paying attention to uh, water issues in Kansas about what the state is of, of that precious resource? Well, our, our entire future depends on it. Uh, it's needed for life. Without it, you die. That's simple as that. And so we have to do something. And it's not that end of the state, this end of the state issue. It's the entire state issue. And that's the one thing I would impress on everyone is that nobody is immune from uh, the concerns we have right now. Uh, that end of the state represents a lot of agriculture and a huge amount of commerce. We want to save that if we can, as much as we can, in fact, and grow it if we figure out a way to at least stop the drop in the water table. And I think we can do that. And then working with Colorado, we can stop all the contaminations that are coming across. So we have a lot to do, obviously. And then pray for rain.